1: Hello, everybody. Darrell Owens, Legacy Maker Sports Network, and welcome to episode five of one-on-one here on the Legacy Maker Sports Network. And today, I have a very special guest with me today, former uh, Green Bay Packer. He's a Packers Hall of Famer, legend. I can go on and on and on. The inventor of the Lambeau Leap, Mr. Leroy Butler. Leroy, how are you doing today, my friend?
2: I'm good, my brother. Everything's good. I can't complain. I mean, no one cares anyway when you complain. <laughs> <laughs> that's but true. Really, but Generally, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a happy, optimistic person. I've always been like that.
1: See, and that that's a good way to be. I try to do the same thing. You know, if I can just keep that energy up and, and be that uh, as a person, I feel I can go a long way in life. <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. Now, uh, like I said, here on episode five of One on One. Had you back on the show on our podcast a couple years ago, uh, episode 35. We were this close to 36. This close. Uh, But this time uh, time we're episode five and close to six. But, hey, maybe we'll get to 35 and we'll get it right on point. I mean, 36 and get it right on point. (laughs) All (laughs) All right, Leroy. So let's get this thing started with, you know, of course, the biggest issues that are going on right now. And the first thing I'll ask you about, Uh, is how are you and your family handling everything through uh, COVID-19 and the pandemic? It's been crazy too much. You got to, you know, most people have had been quarantined. You're sitting in your house. It's hard to get around. Uh, But tell us how have things been for you and your family and how have you dealt with the pandemic?
2: Well, from my family, we're pretty close anyway. I have uh, six daughters and a son. Four of my daughters, they're... They're older, but they live in Florida. Mm-hmm. So my two youngest daughters and my son and my wife, we live together. And for me, it was tough because my whole thing is about social distancing as far as you know, appearances, uh, you know, autographs, speaking engagements, that was shut down. Mm. And it started to come back a little, but I had like 17 appearances just all canceled. Just wow. And so no future days, just, so that was a lot of revenue. But the good thing about it was my kids every night, because we're so busy and I'm always on the road or busy, we very rarely would eat dinner together. We've been doing this, eating dinner together for like 90 days. And it's been awesome. It really is. So it's been my son is nine years old. He his friends and school, and I explained to him, you know, that people were sick, and he understood it. But we kept him, you know, he got everything around here. I mean, we basically got Disney World in, in a house. He has everything he wants, <laughs> every game. So he was fine, but, you know, towards the summer, now people starting to kind of open up a little bit more. The country's a little bit open. So I think for the most part, uh, the most important thing, none of them, my family got sick. Yes, that was the most important thing. So God was very blessed, blessed my family with that. But I also felt the pain. Over 110,000 people passed away. So that was very sad.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a tough time. I, I spoke about this on one of the early episodes. My uh my uncle, he was patriarch of our family. 96 years old, living in New York. If you just saw him, you'd be like, "Wow, this guy is full of energy." And uh, unfortunately, because of COVID. Uh, we lost him um, uh, about a, a month or two back. So it, it's one of those things I think people, oh, you know, you can, yeah, no, thank you. I, I think you got to, they look at it and say, oh man, it's not that big of a deal, but you really need to just take a sit back and say, maybe it is a bigger than we are um, than some people are looking at now, of course, with everything going on in the country, besides that, you know, we had everything that's happened over the last couple of weeks with George Floyd and uh, the black lives matter movement. And, I just wanted to hear your thoughts with the country, with the the unrest, the riots, the protesters. You know, what were your thoughts uh, while all this was going on?
2: Well, I, I'm good friends with Nate uh, Boyer, who actually told Colin Kaepernick, asked him not to sit, to kneel. And, you know, he's a Green Beret, so he would know. And um, I think that message got hijacked a long time ago from the politicians because right. it had nothing to do with the flag it really didn't but when he did <clears throat> excuse me when he did protest no one paid him any attention. he was doing this for a few weeks, but it wasn't impactful so he felt like any time a protest you protest anything it's gonna be uncomfortable but it gets you the platform you need to shine a light on something that was terrible and that was you know police brutality and you know social injustice from African Americans and and it just seemed like to me this time I don't think that's gonna work because now with Sandra Bland, you know Eric Garner, George Floyd, he's been Colin Kaepernick have been saying this has been going on for a while, but there was no video. Once you see something on video, it's very impactful, and uh, I, I I still think the the police. Um, down in Kentucky, and need to be prosecuted for just how can you just go in the wrong house and kill her and nothing happens?
1: <laughs> I mean, it's I, I'm still baffled by that. I, I'm still baffled by that myself. I I just really I feel sorry for her family. It's what do you do yeah. in that situation? I mean, somebody
2: and that's, what, and that's what he was talking about. So, but this particular time, and Drew Brees basically it was it was bad it was bad timing. But it was again nothing to do with the flag. It had something to do with I need to get everybody's attention. And that's what most people pay attention. But the one thing that really bothers me, people think Black Lives Matter is a, a terrorist organization. It's right. not. They're not gonna come to your house and take your guns. Only thing we're saying is if there's something that that matters to you, you treat it correctly. Right, your money, your family, African Americans. We don't play about our mama. If you talk about my mom, <laughs> <it>. you, <know? laughs> you know, just certain things that matter your favorite Jordans, I mean, right. your 401k all of those things that matter to you. You don't put your knee in their back, you don't snatch them out of the car and tase it, right? You don't just, you know, shoot it unjustly. No, you take care of it. Black Lives Matter wants every police. When you approach the car, don't let the color of the person react to how you react. Right. It's protect and serve. Go there, give me a ticket if you, you know, if I did something bad, and let me be on my way back to my family. Don't go zero to a hundred and get all angry because you see it's an African American. And and when you see as a you know a white person, you know, I'm a little bit more lax. If you see as a Mexican guy, you get all excited and want to just bust the windows of a female african-american don't do that just right. take just everybody the same and you know what most white people want the same thing they said wait a minute now you know what i'll be honest and roger goodell i was wrong i i get it now i understand what he was saying and you see a lot of white people asian you know, everybody is protesting because they saw George Floyd on tape. So my thing is, I just want people to acknowledge. Before you apologize, you have to acknowledge what you did wrong. What right. you know how your kids are. <laughs> did you eat that cookie? <laughs> no. You got crumbs on <laughs> <in> your face. <laughs> no. But you say, okay, I'm sorry, but you never acknowledge what you did. Exactly. I you to acknowledge that. That's fine, okay, we can move on. And that's why people say, what can we do? What can we do? The acknowledgement that racism exists, a lot of people don't want to admit that. Right. Until they admit that they've seen it it as a part of it, let's all get rid of it, you're going to have this happen again. And I just hope it doesn't. It's just sad because me and you have to talk to our kids about how do you act around the police. Right. It shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way. And my godmother's uh retired police officer 30 years. Right. She's the one sent me the tape. One of my best friends is Art Howell Howell. He's the racing uh Wisconsin. He's the chief of police. Nicest guy. None of the good police want to see the kind of thing that happened. So I think it's going to be a lot of changes this time but Colin Kaepernick him and Nate Boyer to me uh they tried to tell everybody a long time go ahead and nothing to do with the flag
1: now um the NFL did issue an apology which you spoke of do you feel that uh do you feel like the apology was sincere enough do you feel like they, they truly have realized what's going on and a lot of people are upset with the apology because they didn't acknowledge Colin Kaepernick or, you know, apologize to him for the situation. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, I think when they worked, they called him in and tried to work out the settlement. I think they apologized to him then. I mean, they worked out a settlement. They brought in Jay-Z to do whatever he wants to do. And, you know, it just seemed like pandering at one point. You know, more billionaires getting more money. The poor people still aren't getting anything. That's why Colin wasn't happy. They set up some workouts, and it just didn't work out, so he didn't play but I agree with the apology because he acknowledged that they were wrong. Right. The one thing is hard. And you know, this, the one thing for a man hard for a man to do is to say, I'm sorry.
1: It, it's, 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 hard. Tough. it's hard for everybody, but for a man, the ego is just a up, little bit.
2: <laughs> yeah, man, Cause you were taught to be this strong person to always never be soft, you know, but, Listen, there's only one guy in the country that never admits he's wrong or never apologized. And we know who that is. But for Roger Cadell to say, because they didn't do that in the concussion case. Right. They didn't acknowledge they were wrong about anything. They just paid, you know, took care of some players and kind of moved on from it. Now they got the concussion protocol. This was unprecedented for them to say that they were wrong, especially when the owners are like wait a minute they got down with the president (laughs) then gets involved calls them sobs and it it riles up his base i don't think that's going to happen anymore i think his base a reasonable people reasonable people to say listen i get it now i like to stand with my hand over my heart and sing. the guy kneeling wants me to just listen to him and until i listen you may have guys kneeling. So the NFL is saying, listen, we're gonna listen this time. Right. So yes, I I I am a Christian young man. I accept his apology. As Drew Ble, Drew Brees. A lot of people didn't accept this apology, but I'm like, I I'm from the South. Right. We used to go to church a thousand days a week, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and I always try to be like Jesus. I'll never be like that, but I have to give people I have to take people for their word and you can see their action because it's only one person gave his only son for our sins right so i'm not that guy i i i and and african-american people are forgiving people we 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 forgave a lot over this country what it's done to african-american people but only thing we're saying we just want to be equal why does it have to be 13 percent of the country, why can't it be 20%, 30% and yeah. people not be scared of that. And um, not to get all soapboxy, <laughs> but I just think that in a reasonable way, I think it'll work out because Roger Cadell was also right, 75% of the NFL is African-American and there's only three African-American coaches, no ownership. Right. Eventually, there's going to be some ownership. In the NFL, that's when I'll say, okay, things have changed. It's not the same person getting on in these teams. Derek Jeter, I look up to him. You know, Magic Johnson. Well, I'm a Lakers fan, a little biased. <laughs> I look up Bob Johnson, you know, Michael Jordan. These are owners. And that's what we want. We gotta help African Americans come on up where everybody else is. And I don't think that's too uh, bad to ask for. We're not asking for uh, a handout. We're just asking asking for acknowledgement. Right. Through acknowledgement, some people may say reparation. Some people could say the um, healthcare. Some people could say the financial literacy. Why does my credit have to be at 800 to get it when somebody else <laughs> can be like 605 and get it? Right. Give us a chance to be equal, and I think this is going to work out.
1: Yeah, I think everybody – I mean, I think majority of the people in the country is like, if we can just get everybody on equal footing, we'd be in a yeah. pretty good spot. Now, yeah. we got to go to, I think, something that is both near and dear to our hearts. I know it's near and dear to your hearts. But now, we've got to talk Packers football. <laughs> That's
2: why you my guy. Yeah, you. <laughs> hey, I mean, I'm
1: just saying. <laughs> since, <laughs> since I was seven years old back in 1991, I, I shine the green and gold, and that's that's the way it'll always be. <laughs> it'll always be that way. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about last year: um, thirteen and three, NFC yeah. Championship game, knocking on the door of the Super Bowl. Uh, and the last time we talked, the Packers were in a transition phase, and we were trying to figure yes. out what was next for them and what moves they should make. I, I don't think a lot of people, include I don't know how you feel, but I know, include myself, that thought the Green Bay Packers would go thirteen and three. Uh, this past year and make the strides that they did. So, what were your thoughts on last season, and 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 and, and how do you see things potentially going uh, in the future with this team?
2: Well, Matt Lafleur is the right guy uh, to be the head coach. A young guy who wants to take the team that realizes the history of the Green Bay Packers. Over the last decade, even longer, they've been one of the top three teams that won a lot of games. But he also realizes Super Bowl trophy has Lombardi's name on it, and he wants that. So uh, I was shocked. I really was. I mean, because you're talking about bringing a new coach in, Hall of Fame quarterback. You bring in the Smith brothers that I wasn't real familiar with. Um, You got some other pieces. You bring in Savage. Uh I mean you bring in a lot of pieces and put it together and win some games that you know you probably in the past would have lost. Right. And probably lost the three games you lost, they probably could have won those. So they caught everybody off guard. Whenever you get a new coach, you get that new coach bump because they don't know your thinking. Because when Matt LaFleur claimed from Tennessee, his offense was ranked like 27th or something like that. So they were thinking, well, we don't really know what they want to do. they want to run the ball? they want to throw it? Whatever. Aaron Rodgers, how is this going to work? But defensively, they got a lot of sacks to turn the ball over. But the one thing they couldn't do got exposed against San Francisco, and that's stopping <laughs> Stop the run. run. <laughs> stopping <laughs> the run. So this year, moving forward, that draft, although it took some people by surprise, they want to try to run the football, control the clock, and at the same time the gold standard of the San Francisco 49ers. So they want to be like that, you know, two or three-headed monster running back, run the football, be efficient down the field, defense, just try to get a lot of turnovers, and hopefully you can win games like that. But they didn't address pretty much the middle linebacker position in the draft, or they said in 25 years this is the best receiving core, they didn't even choose a receiver, okay? <laughs> We went out and got Jordan Love. Okay, calm down. I see you. I'm just I, <laughs> I should have
0: called,
2: like, <laughs> called you after the draft. You'd be like, oh. <laughs> But they got the quarterback they wanted in the future, so they're happy with it.
1: Well, you know, it, it, and that's the thing. That's next I was bring I actually the next day I was bring up was the draft and their free agency. And you know. For me, I'm gonna tell you what my thought process was going into the draft. I said, All right, you need a middle linebacker, you need a receiver. And of course, I maybe, maybe not a lot of Packers fans, but I was thinking, Yes, quarterback is a need, uh, and nothing against the back of quarterback we have now. But this is the time that we start as an organization looking for that future guy. Did I think yeah. it was gonna happen in the first round with Jordan Love? No. I thought that – I knew that they were very excited about Love and he had the potential uh, of being the guy that they wanted. Um, but it did surprise me they went with the first pick. And I think a lot of fans would have been okay with it if they had drafted a receiver in the next two rounds. I think that, that most fans, when they realized, wait a minute, we need receiver and where is that receiver? I think that's when most fans got upset. What were your thoughts overall on the draft?
2: Well, I think for the most part, I, I was shocked. I really thought, you know, when Patrick Queen was sitting there, middle linebacker, they'd probably select him. I wanted the kid, I think Murray from Oklahoma, move up to get him mm-hmm. middle linebacker. But and the more and more I thought, we had a show, 105F in the fan in Milwaukee, and they were like, pick a guy you that would surprise you if they picked him. And I said, Jordan Love. Because if you go all <laughs> the way back to the, the combine, go to cunts. He said it. Hey, I am not scared to get a quarterback if we're in the '30s, for whatever reason. Low. So, their thought press, I know now, was if the kid dropped in the '20s, we're going to get him, and it worked out perfectly. And you could. They. I, I heard some rumor they wanted O'Juke, the kid that went to San Francisco, mm-hmm. that receiver. But I don't believe that. I think Jordan Love, J. Love. Was the guy. And I think every, when when Mike Holmgren first came in, he wanted his quarterback. Ron Wolf went out and got Brett Favre because we already had Don Mikowski. So it makes sense to get a guy. And then, you know, Mike McCarthy comes in, he's with Brett Favre. He wanted his own guy, but Aaron Rodgers failed to them. That's a little bit different. They moved up to get Jordan Love. So I, hey, listen. Once they got him, they said, this kid's going to be Jedi Patrick Mahomes down the line. Hey. I said, hey, this, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Hey. You do that emoji. That's the emoji. You get hey, okay. I'm, I'm bought in. A.J. Dillon, the one guy that's going to play a lot. Right. Because they want to go to this two-headed monster with him and Aaron, Aaron Jones. And this kid, man, when they stack the box, Box eight men in the box, he was number one. I mean, he just ran over everybody. So he's going to be in the fourth quarter when it's December, January, to the playoffs. He's going to take over, sort of like what Eddie Lacy did. Now the kid, Josiah, the third-round tight end, I'd be shocked if he's not a starter. Really? Really? Yes, because LaFleur likes that H-back type, not a fullback, but a tight end that can do both. It's off the ball. Max Patek, slip out, run a middle read, throw it to him. Or you could bring in Sternberger and split him out with double tight end sets. They're going to do a lot with him. Everybody else pretty much are just projects they're going to develop because they got a bunch of offensive linemen just to fill depth. So I wouldn't have been mad if they have got a right tackle early because Wagner just started right tackle. He came from Detroit. And they got him on a two-year deal, veteran. So I don't know how good he is. You have to wait and see. But i tell you what, uh, they got uh, Martin, Kamal Martin from Minnesota. He's been banged up. I don't know how good he's going to be. And got Curtsy from um, Cleveland. He's been banged up. And then they signed Funches at wide receiver. He's been banged up. And, I, and I'm a big Alan Lazard guy, so they like that trend. So they want to develop those guys. That's the reason why they went that way in the draft.
1: Now, uh, you know, we, I asked this the last time we spoke, so I'm going to ask you this time. If you were the Packers GM, is there any changes that you would make to what you've seen so far, or is there any big move that you would have made, uh, that, you know, to help the team?
2: You know, that's a good question. I think, for me, I would have went out and got Nelson Aguilar. He went for, like, a little bit under a million dollars. to I forgot the team he went to. But that would have been my slot guy, because they don't have a slot guy ever since Senator Cobb left. But in this particular offense, they really don't need one. But you would think that when Emmanuel Sanders came over to San Francisco, it really helped them off of play action. But I think Tyler Irvin is going to be that guy. Okay. But I really would have went out and got him a deal similar they could have did with Funches, get a, a prove-it deal. And and another one that, that San Francisco would not have got, you know, Trenton Williams, I would have figured a way to get him, to make him my right tackle for the next three years, then go for it. Those are the go for type moves, but he was making a lot of money. You know, right. a lot of fan base... Wanted uh, Clowney. I'm like, no, Clowney. We got enough outside guys. They don't need no more outside guys. They need more guys on the inside. And you know, you know, Snacks Harris. I mean, I, I somebody in the middle who over 320 pounds with, you know, Kenny Clark would really help. i would be very active in these one-year deals. The the one-year deals pretty much start. Uh, around Father's Day, you right. will see them reaching out to the guys who are available to bring them in. But those were some of the moves I would have made.
1: Now, of course, uh, this year, closer than ever. And I've, it hurts my heart because I, I just knew it. I, I had my fingers crossed everything, hoping that mm-hmm. uh, this would be the year that you get in. Uh, and But you got close. So you, if we can, like the last time we talked, we knew we were getting closer. But this time, it seems like we are right there. And, um, I mean, can you just tell us your experience this time around of being you know being a finalist this time around, and just knowing that, okay, I know I'm knocking on the door, and this this could be the time, if not you know the next year or uh, the year after
2: yeah, well, my brother it was it was life changing um when you see hundreds of players that uh, think they're Hall of Fame worthy, but only a few get it in. I just thought that now I know it's not about the numbers. It's right. really not. It's, it can't be about the numbers, because I thought if it feels, and no disrespect to any of the guys that went in, but if it was about the numbers, I think I would have went in over Steve Atwater. That's just right. my personal opinion. If you're going to put two safeties in, I thought me and Troy would have been perfect. But that's OK. I mean, I, I don't want to see. That's one thing about the Hall of Fame. I don't want to pull anybody down. Right. Because but I'm thinking, what are they going by? Are they going by all pro? They're going by I don't know. It, the safety position has been overlooked for 27 years, so they're starting to get caught up now. So, but it was great to be there with all the Hall of Famers, the guys that actually have a uh, uh, a gold jacket, and say, "Man, you deserve to be here." That right. is the foundation. It's coming. So <laughs> I, I think so. It's I really coming. do. <laughs> I know God is good. He's He's always told me to be patient. I was a prop 48. I only played three years at Florida State instead of four because mm-hmm. I had some issues with the SAT test. So I've always been behind. I had a late jump in sports because I was disabled. Had you know club feet, and I'm again. Uh, it's gonna be something that I really look forward to because I want kids to know that you don't necessarily have to be go to the I mean, if, you don't have to be living in a suburb, you don't have to, both parents, you know, you could be poor, or whatever, your dreams can still come true, whatever you want to be. I mean, so it would be something. I'm working on my, uh, I have a book already, Leroy Butler's Story, that, From Wheelchair to the Lambo Leap. I'm working on another book now about my second part of my life, but I'm also, um, need i'm trying to raise resources to write uh, a a short documentary about my life but i think every kid need to go through that because what i went through was terrible it was was some of the worst bullying you've ever seen just because i was poor something i can't control right so my grandmother always told me never worry about stuff you can't control so i think it will happen and um I'll be back on your show again when it happens That's with right, my it's jacket on.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be a beautiful thing. It'll be a Hall
2: of Fame show.
1: <laughs> like, I, like I told you, like I told you in the last episode, when you are when you get in, I, will, I don't know if I'll be front and center, but I'm going to be in the midst. I want to be able to say I was there uh, for that great moment. All right. Oh, now. We
2: go to the side and record a show. We can yeah. just go to the side. We'll go to the side point. and do it
1: right there. We're live from the Hall yeah. of Famer, ladies and gentlemen. And I got right. all of Famer. That's right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. So now, all right. Now it's time for a segment on the show that I like to call Quick Ones. All right. Okay. So I'm going to hit you with uh, a couple of quick ones here. And I want to see uh, what your thought process on these uh, situations or, or scenarios, I guess you could say. So are you ready okay. Louis, for quick ones? <laughs> <laughs> yep, ready. All right, here we go. First one, player that you love to watch right now.
2: Ooh, right now, uh, the Honey Badger. Yeah, I mean, I think when he went to Kansas City, he turned that whole defense around. That's, I think he's one of the reasons why they won the Super Bowl. So, yeah, he's one of the best safeties. And I like Mika Fitzpatrick. I love watching him, you know, Jamal Adams. I love watching safeties that can do multiple things. Right. So I love those guys. But, yeah, the Honey Badger is probably one of my favorites.
1: Okay. All right. I like that answer. I was – have my fingers crossed at one point that he would land in the land of the cheese, but that is okay as well. <laughs> now, <that's laughs> fun. now the NBA is coming back, and we know it's coming back soon. And you spoke that you're a Lakers fan, but there's a yeah. team there in uh, in Milwaukee that's pretty good. Who wins the NBA championship this year?
2: Well, uh, if the Bucks play, who I had the best team, and I think they'll have the MVP again. Um, but I think the Lakers are winning, and. I think the Lakers are built for this. LeBron James has been to the finals since he was three years old. (laughs) We've been so terrible over the years. I was so happy that he, him and AD came there. But, you know, Giannis is just an amazing young man. Matter of fact, Giannis led the protest down in Milwaukee. Um, So it would be a win-win situation if they played in the finals. Right. But... I would ultimately sleep better at night if it was the, the purple and gold <laughs> won the NBA championship. I can understand, but I wouldn't be mad at the—I wouldn't be mad at Milwaukee either. But I'm a Laker fan, and that's gonna always work.
1: Oh man, I, I can see that. Yeah, it's funny. We had a, a NBA Finals on the on the network. We actually did a video game uh, over a month. We did a whole NBA playoffs just in case we didn't get the playoffs back, and it was Lakers oh, man, Bucks nice. in the final. And the Lakers right. won in game seven. And they won by 30. <laughs> oh, I like that.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, next one. And this one I know is going to be near and dear to your heart. Now, this team was really good this year. But, of course, because of COVID, things didn't quite – they didn't get an opportunity to really showcase their time, their talents mm-hmm. on the big stage. And that would be the Florida State Seminoles in this They won the ACC. They ended up getting the title. But do you think that your Seminoles could have won the championship if they had that tournament
2: you know what the think about uh, people don't know is that uh they think florida state is a football school and florida state over the last of oh, 20 years or so been a very good basketball school and got one of the best coaches and when you play in the acc football basketball swimming baseball it doesn't matter People expect Florida State to win. And I was hoping that they got a chance on a national stage to be in the Final Four or do something big because they've been recruiting amazing. And you just don't get it. You know, Duke, North Carolina, they get all the headlines. But Florida State was a team that's going to be reckoned with because they're recruiting very good.
1: Yeah, Leonard Hamilton is an amazing coach.
2: I love him. Yeah, the, I hope he's never lead.
1: Yeah, went to ACC Media Day and, and got a chance to, like, just sit there and listen to him. And you can tell, like, he was he, – he wanted it bad. And the question was asked about, you know, hey, what can – you know, what's the one thing? He said, I just want to get to the Final Four. Like, you can see it, like, just in his eyes yeah. how bad he wanted it. So I like that
2: kind of honesty. Most coaches have kind of downplayed. Right. Well, what it, is, what it is. No, Final no, Four. Final I like Four. <laughs> All
1: right, last one on Quick Ones. What's the worst movie you've ever seen?
2: Ooh, the worst. <laughs> There's so many. <laughs> Had to be one of the Jason movies. Uh, Jason, boy, he's Friday the 13th. I've seen him get stabbed in the eye, <laughs> shot his, blew his head off, and they put him in half. He still gets up and chases girls down and kill him. I said, I don't know who wrote that script. <laughs> the talent is and real. <laughs> I've never seen this guy die, you know? It just, it didn't make a, a worse, worser, worse movie with him. And Freddie got together and was fighting. It was just, oh, uh, who, who puts this stuff out? I'm not going to so, lie to you.
1: I, I watched Freddie versus Jason twice in the movie theater. Only because I was, I'm a huge Freddie Cougar guy. <laughs> And I was like, I need Freddie to win this matchup. And if you yeah. watched the movie, he was dominating, and he still yeah. it still seemed like he didn't come out on top, even though he winked at the end. I was like, <laughs> Man, get out of here, man! I was so upset. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Freddie like to play with you before he kill you. <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah, and that, that's what that's what that's what makes Freddie on a different level. You know, he just he's scratching the chalkboard, he's laughing at you, yeah. he's joking with you,
2: and then he's he he your your dreams.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's what Freddie's my guy. So I mean, but I understand why you said it because I had a lot of friends that said, "Man, this movie is terrible."
2: <laughs> I mean, come on, man! It was something to laugh at.
1: <laughs> All right, that's Leroy uh, Butler edition of Quick Ones. Now, Leroy, before we get off of here, I, once again, I, I'm I'm gonna say it till I'm blue in the face. I truly appreciate you coming on. It has been an an absolute pleasure uh, to have you on um, Quick Ones and and just you know help. In you know my development as a a sports journalist, a, a sports uh, media person, I'm not ashamed to be out there, and, and, and thank you for, it, but truly appreciate that. Um, and
2: my brother, you're my brother. It's all good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so before we go, is there any special projects? I know you spoke about the book that you know potential yeah. documentary, uh, but is there any other things that you want to talk about or get the documentary or book out there?
2: Yeah, there's a few things. Um, I mean. I have to find the resources, partners to put. I think the Leroy Butler story is going to be huge. I really right. do. It's going to be something like no kid, all color, all races, all religion is going to really enjoy it because my life story is truly amazing. And you know, and that was one of the things that you know, by me being a Laker fan, I was, uh, I've always tried to uh, reach out to uh, Kobe Bryant. Uh, to be a part of the production, but obviously, you know, the tragic, you know, helicopter crash, that really broke me up. It was tough to get over that. So now I'm trying to reach out to people like Tyler Perry or LeBron James, you know, which will be hard, but I need somebody to help me put this story together and get it to kids need to see it, you know, for anti-bullying, how it's okay to be saved. Um, My first time getting baptized was hilarious. You know, just just being in the water like you're swimming and I used to put on goggles when I was little. It's funny. But, yeah, so I've been writing that for a while now. And um, so I'm I'm very excited. I got a website, leroybutlerinc.com. I do a lot of speaking engagements. You can go on there, of course, and book me for speaking engagements. But, The main thing is I'm working on that documentary. And the last thing is me and my wife got married at Lambeau Field and we recorded it. And I want to get it edited so people can download it and we're going to donate the money to charity. So that's awesome. (laughs) That will be impressive because no celebrity lets anybody come to their wedding like we did. We let anybody want to come. And we just want to show that to let people See, we took the best leap of all time. And that's together, my wife, Genesis, like the Bible, Genesis Butler. So awesome. I really appreciate it, my brother.
1: Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to once again give love to my man, my friend, Mr. Leroy Butler, Green Bay Packer, Hall, Hall, Hall of Famer. OK, Hall of Famer. There's no need to sugarcoat it. <laughs> Hall of Famer. And, and, and he's a legend. He's done so much. And you know we truly appreciate you coming on. Uh, everybody, thank you. Uh, for tuning in for this, uh, uh, and it's just, I'm just excited right now. I'm not even going to lie to you. I'm, like, I'm <laughs> like a little kid in a candy <laughs> store. Truly appreciate you coming on, Leroy. This is Darrell Lawrence, Legacy Maker Sports
0: Network. One, 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 one. Welcome to the 101 When it comes to ratings, man, we number one. I get the truth, then I give them the scoop. If anybody got a question, I give them the proof. Welcome to the one on one. When it comes to ratings, man, we number one. I get the truth, then I give them the scoop. If anybody got a question, I give them the proof. Welcome to one on one a Legacy Maker Sports Network.